0: Welcome to Radically Better, the podcast where we talk about how to leverage marketing to get radically better results in business and for the world. I'm your host, Erin Morris, and I'm the founder of Purpose Driven Marketing Agency, Young Folks. We live and breathe using business as a force for good on the daily, and we can't wait to share everything we've learned on the journey with you. In this week's episode, I chat with Andrew van der Beek, the founder of purpose-driven accounting firm Illuminate. We explore the impact of ChatGPT for business from the upside to the risks. Let's dive in. I thought I'd call this crisis meeting for us today um, because there's a new competitor in town for... Marketers and content people and copywriters and possibly even accountants as well. Possibly. Uh, they're pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: they're really clever. They can do a lot of stuff really quickly. Yeah. Um, however, they do rely on the input from others in the industry in now, order to do what they do.
1: So like offshoring, outsourcing, is this what we're talking about?
0: No, it's actually, we're talking about AI. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. The
1: robots are coming.
0: Yeah, and then they're going to steal your job, sort of.
1: It's so funny that I, I'm hearing this like iteration because of the likes of ChatGPT and other kind of like marketing AI stuff because as an accountant we had that, holy crap, we won't have a job in five years, scare about 10 years ago when um, the likes of Zero brought cloud-based computing and a bunch of automation in there. So um, AI not necessarily but automation and, and thought process in there and everyone really – really, really shat themselves. Uh, how how are you doing amongst the fear of not having a job in a week?
0: Look, you guys had that five years ago, this one kind of massive disruption. Mm. We have one about every seven days in the marketing industry.
1: <laughs> um, it's the algorithm co- has changed.
0: Correct. Yeah. The <laughs> algorithm's changed. There's a new social media platform. The social media platform's changed its algorithm. It's changed its format. Yeah. There's always something changing in the marketing industry and You know, for me, that's what actually attracted me to working in this industry because I knew I'd never have a boring day. I love change. I love innovation.
1: I wonder what's going to blow up this morning.
0: Exactly, but I would say it's probably not the right industry for you if you are looking for a calm (laughs) kind of career. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. Which is interesting because a lot of creatives like really like peace and like calm. Like you've got your two different creatives: you've got your manic creatives, and then you've got your peaceful creatives. So. Like digital marketing, probably not great for the peaceful creative, would you say?
0: It's an industry for those that love innovation and disruption. They Mm. feed on it. So yeah, maybe it's a little bit of the manic creatives love that space. But also I think, you know, taking, if you want to take a calm approach to marketing and creative, you can do that. You just have to be completely on board with the fact that every day could bring a new challenge and you can approach that with innovation and also a Mm. sense of calm about knowing that Change is the constant.
1: So we were chatting the other day around a bunch of different stuff and AI kind of came up and I don't have the quote sitting directly in front of me, but you said something effectively like AI and the emergence of how good it's becoming is becoming a bit of a, a game changer where content people who aren't creative, innovative and can operate with a, you know, whatever the mindset that is are practically useless. Now that's my words, not your words. Um, But realistically, like if if you're in the marketing and content creation game and you can't bring that to the table, someone's just going to use a robot to do it for them because it'll be better than what they had.
0: Completely. So I feel that the way things are going with it and we're only on the third level of ChatGPT. So this is ChatGPT3 that we're going to have ChatGPT4 at some point this year. And that's going to be even more powerful. Um, Some organisations are blending ChatGPT um, infrastructure and coding with scraping Google results as well. So Mm. we're now in an environment from a, a content creation perspective where we can use a computer program to really speed up the ideation process or really speed up the creation of content. The caveat I would put around that is that Google's onto it, and it won't rank content that's been obviously written by AI. So the,
1: so the robot is onto the robot. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's robot battles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember robot wars, like the things and the, like the axes and so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so like, but what's the, what's the point? Like, if if like AI generated content is great, why the hell do we need to worry about non AI generated? Why would we punish it? What's what's the
0: Yeah. So Google's building its own AI. And what we tend to see in the marketing um, space is if one of the kind of mega um, platforms has something of its own going on, it's never going to give a leg up to its competitor. So Ah. you never see a YouTube video go viral on Facebook. It has to be a native Facebook video. And you never see a link that you've shared on LinkedIn go viral, like a post that you wrote on LinkedIn kind Actually, of go yeah, viral.
1: yeah, it's, it's funny that, isn't it? So they're all just like, oh, wait, no, we've got our own thing, so you're yeah. not, we're not letting you barge into our system. They look until, after themselves. <laughs> until maybe we buy you and then it's like, oh, now you can be part of the family and we've always been friends, right?
0: Exactly, yeah. So I think from a, from a marketing perspective, you either now need to be better than AI so you, the content or the marketing or the creative that you produce needs to be better than what AI can create, which isn't difficult because AI can only create something based on an input that it can scrape or that it can – it needs to be fed information to be able to create information. Yep. Um, so you can definitely be better than AI. Mm-hmm. Um but you've got to be really good because it's pretty good.
1: Is this like like the great, you know, those kind of like brand designers, marketing directors, the people, the visionaries who go, all right? this is what we want to do. Those are the people like, sick, I can tell a, a robot that will do exactly what I want it to do as opposed to tell a person who will take six hours, deliver something that will look at and go, that's not what we talked about. Like that's that's that gap where it's playing where the, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to find a whole bunch of like senior creatives go, I'm just sick and tired of getting it wrong all the time with my people I'll just go over here, yeah?
0: It's definitely fast track those things. So yeah, like, you, like I said, you either need to be able to be better than AI or be able to control AI. So if you're mm. that innovative, creative, kind of senior strategic person, you're looking at this and going, what an awesome opportunity to get some leverage, to yeah. really like scale up what I'm doing. And I've been testing it out over the past couple of months. And you can really get creative with how you feed information to AI. So asking it to you know, write a social media caption on the benefits of AI, it'll spit out something fairly generic and you'll probably find that post is on about 2,000 different social media accounts yep. almost verbatim because yep. everyone's getting that same kind of output from that very generic input. But if you put in something like... Um, write me a social media caption that uses the pain, agitate, solve framework and includes a call to action um, at the end. Then you've got a more specific input and you get a more unique output. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah it's, it's, it's interesting that space. Like I, I think – so I, I understand technology like in my industry a fair bit, so accounting, business services, advisory, that kind of stuff. So we've gone through that huge disruption with cloud-based computing which meant that we didn't have to be on site at clients' places, which meant that we could literally be sharing data but be on the other side of the world, all these kind of really cool things. And there was a lot of fear that came out of that, but there was also a lot of benefit that came out of that too. Once people started looking going, well, how can I leverage this well? And it's interesting because <clears throat> like, I, I mean, I'm, I don't have the statistics, so I'm what I might say right now I might be completely wrong. And if it is, well, it's on me, but... <laughs> There is a significant void of accountants in the industry. We need a lot of people to go, I want to be an accountant to really fill the gaps of what we're creating. That's why a lot of people are going offshore and a lot of people automating. Or a lot of people are just saying no to work. Mm. But 10 years ago, everyone's like, I want to have a job. But there's still a heck of a lot of jobs out there in the industry, and we can't find people to deliver that. Now it might just be because accounting's not sexy, um, com- especially comparative to marketing. But I, I'm intrigued to see what it looks like in you know another five to ten years. Of like, are we still sitting here going, "Hey, we we still need a heap of people," um, but for some reason we can't find them. And everyone was thinking that AI was going to create or you know cloud computing was going to create this change, but it didn't create it in the way that the fear built out. It actually created in the way the opportunity builds it out.
0: I actually really hope that AI totally blows up the marketing industry because there's some parts of the marketing industry You're that doomsday, are fantastic. You blow <laughs> I'm it all just up. Just a total savage. Um, there's but, some parts of it that are really fantastic. Yeah. There but is. there's a lot of parts of the marketing industry that includes people and organisations that have been very um, kind of shadily pulling the wool over their clients or their mm. bosses' eyes for a long time and you know, spitting out kind of mumbo jumbo, like this is why your, you know, marketing activity is or isn't performing. And really now this is kind of like the great disruptor and it's also like the great leveler as well. Like now yeah. we all have access to this technology. It's free at the moment and it removes if the it, excuse it's of, free,
1: you're the product.
0: <laughs> totally. Yep. Um, if yeah, it's trading, it's trading based on what we put in. Stuff out, yeah, right? absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, it kind of removes the, ex- the excuses of I couldn't come up with an idea mm. because you can literally put in and say, give me five ideas for blah. Um, and it also removes the excuse of I didn't have time. So I look at something like creating a long-form blog article that you want to rank on Google is probably going to be a minimum of 1,500 words of copy, mm-hmm. and that might take someone four to six hours to write depending on the kind of complexity of the topic. So yep. if a lot of research is required, say if you ask me to write a blog on Um, something very specific in the accounting world that isn't my natural area of expertise. It would take me quite some time to interview you and get it all factually accurate. I could ask AI to do the heavy lifting for me there, have a conversation with you to refine um, the points and the kind of factual accuracies, and then spend my time finessing that, making sure that it's on brand for you Mm. and illuminate, and then taking that to a level that we're really happy with it. It's going to rank in search engines and it's on brand. So yeah,
1: it means you can take stuff to the next level rather than going, oh shit, we're out of time, we're out of budget. Totally. And this is, I guess, this is what we can deliver. And it's not what it's not what delivering something crappy, but we're just not delivering something incredible. So I guess if you look at that perspective, you can go, well, you know, inserting in something like AI to do some of that heavy lifting means you can be incredible nine times out of 10 rather than five times out of
0: 10. Totally. So I said to our team this week when we were chatting about AI and how we need to approach this new technology as an organisation that it's kind of like, you know, back in the day in farming, if you wanted to plough your field, you're going to grab the donkey and hitch the kind of hoe or the plough to the back of the donkey and you're going to walk around that field and it might take you a whole day to plough a field. And just over in the next paddock now, we have a robot tractor, (laughs) Damn robots. (laughs) Right? And the robot tractor, you just have to sit on it and you just make sure that, you know, it's on cruise control, make sure nothing bad happens. You could be sitting on that tractor and like listening to a podcast and probably plow like five fields in a day. So Mm. this is kind of where we're at. It's like you could stay, if you want to stay and like plow the field with the donkey, you are genuinely going to get left behind. And you really need to, like, jump the fence and yeah. get on board with the robot tractors. So I've got, a, I've
1: got a couple more lines of questioning that I've got, I've got someone's response to AI that I wanted to share as well. Um, the first line that I want to come kind of throw out is we've seen some horrific results of AI gone rogue uh, in the yeah. likes of Tay, I think it is, and all those kind of things where all of a sudden racist, homophobe, sexism and all stuff just starts coming out and whatnot. Um, given that uh, ChatGPT theoretically is learning off all the people that are putting information in. What risk do you see of that theoretically being corrupted to a point where like shit in, shit out starts happening as a result?
0: Oh, massive. Like look at what happened to Twitter with Elon. You know, if we've got um, benevolent dictators in charge of um, chat GPT, great. If we don't, big risks. And I, I wrote about this in a marketing trends article that we have on our website, um, There is so much need for policy and regulation and consideration of how AI is used so that we avoid those awful Mm. misinformation kind of machines and mistrust Mm. and really awful kind of outputs from those inputs. Because it is realistic.
1: Like you can just get a bunch of people who think it'll be real funny to just hack the system and kind of load it up with a whole bunch of real nasty stuff.
0: Totally. And when you combine that... Um, with the ability to create deep fakes. You have now given not just, you know, kind, thoughtful, you know, ethical marketers the ability to create some speed in the way that they produce outcomes but you've also given trolls and, Mm. you know, QAnon, the ability to like massively scale up their misinformation kind of machines as well. Just a
1: side note as well, like I know there's the whole issue with greenwashing in corporates and all these things. Like this is just going to like allow them to do it more, right? Like they got no fucking clue about whether it's environmentally sustainable or not, but they can go write me a piece that does this and be like, sick.
0: Yeah. And
1: now I can appear more legitimate when perhaps I'm not.
0: Hence the need for... Really careful thought to be given to how we kind of regulate this industry because it will become a new industry. Like we've got the metaverse, we've got AI, we've got deep fakes, we've got the ability to create an image from nothing. There's also the ethical kind of question around the input to AI as well. Like you can go on um, uh, Dali, which is part of the OpenAI family with ChatGPT, and ask it to create a a painting that looks like a Van Gogh of – like your dog or of oh, yeah. your office. And it legitimately will have like the brush stroke aesthetic of a Van Gogh painting, wow. which is incredible, but also it is stealing Van Gogh's unique style. So is, like right? what where do the ethics sit around mm-hmm. the input that trains AI as well?
1: Yeah. Look, I, I that's that's a lot of that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. I can't take that in right now. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to ask you on was cost. Because right now like you said it's free, or we're effectively the the product. We're yeah. the one that's paying for it in our IP that's being fed back in. Correct. And and what we've seen throughout the years of you know cloud based technology and a whole bunch of stuff, and particularly I know within my business that all of a sudden we're spending a ridiculous amount of money now per annum on technology. Mm. Um, and theoretically, that's because it's replaced people. But has it really? Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe no. Um, at what point do you think all of a sudden that pendulum swings and you're spending a significant amount of money but you're somewhat trapped into using it because you've followed yourself down the path and then the owners of GPT go, and potentially rightfully so, hey, you should be paying for this. We've now hit a scale where we don't need your import. Or someone buys it and goes, all right, it's 8 bucks a month per person, per post or whatever, and goes from there
0: it'll it's already happening so being that open ai is open source um paid platforms already leveraging parts of the technology as well um they're typically leveraging the older versions of it um until the newer versions become available um, externally and combining you, you can kind of see that combining the technology with other aspects of technology as well like pairing up um you know seo insights with You know, OpenAI can help you help a writer really level up their SEO copywriting. It's still what I found is it still requires you to really have like a clever brain to get a good outcome. You've got
1: to know what you're trying to achieve still.
0: You also need to know more than it to be able to know if it's telling you a furphy or not as well.
1: well it, it, it kind of reminds me a bit of the scene in The Office. You ever watch The Office, yeah. right? Michael Scott going for a drive and trusting the GPS and it's telling him to turn right and it's like, no, no, we're going to go right. But no, 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 that's a lake there and they drive straight, into, drive straight into the lake. It's a similar environment here is that like you know, if, if the thing's telling you a furphy back, if it's not telling you the reality and you're not willing to check that and understand that truly or you don't really know where you're going, you're going to end up driving into a big watery lake as a result, right? Totally. So the last one I want to chat. So there's uh, someone I connect with on uh, LinkedIn. Stephanie Underhill uh, is her name. Hello, Stephanie. Um, She's a local content writer down our way, does a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, And she wrote a post uh, around uh, AI replacing me uh, or why she's not concerned about AI replacing me. And I I figured I'd go through this. I'm keen to feel your input. The first one is I am more creative. Yep. Uh, AI might be clever and have access to bazillions of pages of information in a matter of seconds, but I know that it can't draw witty comparisons between a dry topic and a popular TV show or meme due doing the rounds. It can't weave in personal insights and knowledge and it doesn't understand the human experience like I do. It's all data and no heart.
0: Mm.
1: How do you feel about that?
0: I agree with 90% of that. Um, the sort of 10% I'd add to that is you – it really depends on what input you put in there. Right, and a Com- friend of compare mine compare
1: this to that, and it will go. All right, well, we'll do that. Right. And I guess the more that we're fitting that in, the more that it's like, oh, this is what witty jokes about the yep. office are.
0: A friend of mine who um, is comes from a finance background, um, runs an agency now, and has um, a bit of a reputation for calling it like it is being very direct um, and as a result getting great results because he tells people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Yeah, I love that. He's using it to help him craft some of his email replies to add a little bit more empathy into them because it can sometimes be, that's a silly idea, you should be doing this, not that, and changing that into... How do I say this nicely? Yeah, exactly. So you can can use it to add a little heart into your communications and it's all going to be about what that input... um, is Mm. to define that output but yes stephanie is spot on it can't replace the human experience yet yes
1: all right the second thing she had here is i'm favored by google uh no i don't have secret connections i'm just a human and this is a major bonus for seo i write like a person because i am one and google favors content written by humans Um, Now obviously this is like we spoke before is Google's building their own AI and they're going to punish everybody else's AI as a result of that but also recognise if if this stuff is coming from a human then rank that better. So that kind of taps into what we were talking about before, yeah?
0: Absolutely. Google has AI detectors built in um, and it's part of its algorithm Mm. to pressure test any content and make sure that it's actually genuinely helpful and the more a a piece of content feels and sounds and reads like a human wrote it with a heart, the better chance that it has of ranking.
1: Yeah, so those those marketers without a heart, you're stuffed. Those yeah. cold, cold-hearted Let's people. say
0: that, you know, is AI going gonna, gonna to steal your job? Only if you're a marketer without a heart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, her third point was I can make clever connections. Uh, AI doesn't understand a business's wider business challenges, opportunities and strengths. It doesn't know what's randomly worked well in the past or what exciting new things are in store next for business. I can look at the bigger picture, I can suss out what topics an audience would love to hear about and I can think of a bunch of different ways of framing it. I can use my connections to gain real user insight and add expert quotes and perspectives. I Absolutely. Think, and part of that was saying, well, probably the chunk of that was like, yeah, you absolutely can Then you can type that into the thing and it will give you the content back as a result of your knowledge. But then the that interesting part around adding real user insight, expert opinions and and those things, that's interesting because I don't think I don't think I I can do that right now. No,
0: and this comes back to what we said at the start. It's not replacing clever, strategic, creative, innovative thinkers. It's helping you speed up some menial tasks. It's helping I mean you- I can
1: imagine getting a phone call one day and be like, Good afternoon, Andrew Van Diebiek. <laughs> I, I am AI would like to interview you. Like I can imagine this robotic just interviewing me for my opinion on something yeah. and I get like five bucks deposited, put deposited in my bank account as a result <laughs> of like giving my opinion and away it goes. I can yeah. imagine it doing that.
0: Yeah, I should pay us for the inputs, Damn right?
1: straight, right? Uh, number four was I can do more than write stuff. AI might be an easy option for headline blogs, blogs and web copy, but content comes in s-o many s-o many many more forms so so many more forms there you go good job andrew it was capital s-o oh yeah the accountant in me was like literally reading it it's compelling called actions it's strategic documents that gets everyone bobbing their heads in agreement it's engaging instagram story ideas ai can have the piddly 300 word blog blogs to be honest brackets they don't pay much anyway i've got more strategic media interconnected content work to keep me busy Spot on. It's killing some of the shit work out, right?
0: Yeah. It's killing the stuff that creatives
1: don't really want to do. Uh, And I feel like down here on the peninsula, so you and I based on the Mornington Peninsula, um, uh, maybe not as much anymore, but I do remember there was a period of time where a bunch of like marketing people uh, quit their jobs, moved down here and did like $50 logos. And they were just kind of like doing cheap, fast, crappy stuff they didn't really want to do Mm. but they kind of did it because oh it's work and i'd like to live down the peninsula and that's all that there is here i guess to some extent it's saying well you don't have to do the crap anymore you can actually step forward and do the better stuff and the bigger stuff and leave the crap or utilize that to deal with the crap
0: totally opportunity opportunity like whether you are a employee that needs to manage the expectations of um, a boss or manager a team or you're a team of marketers that are managing the expectations of clients in an agency setting, the expectation from this moment forward is absolutely going to be that you're providing strategic counsel. Yeah. It's not just about ticking off the task. It's about providing value. So if you're not able to dig into what that business needs, whether they're your client or they're your boss, you're in trouble.
1: Yeah. The last one was I'm more attractive. Um, you can't jump on a Zoom call with an AI to discuss feedback, but you can with me. My smiling face will brighten your day and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Bloody good from you, Stephanie.
0: That is good. And it, it, I'm sure it was intended as a little bit of a kind of like light, fun way to wrap up so the pitch. it's so true though. So true. Like how much, does, how much did like spending so much time in lockdowns and on Zoom mm. teach us the value of human connection?
1: Yeah absolutely uh, and also it to told that we hate video calls eventually after a bit of time <laughs> but it is like we, we realize how like humans love human interaction and we appreciate it. we also like puppy dogs and kittens and stuff yeah. um uh, but it is like in that space but uh, what i probably find interesting from stephanie's post there as well as i've gone through it myself is that um it's almost like she's talking to me not you yeah she's talking to the business owner who might go oh i'll just I'll just use the AI thing instead of paying a content writer to do that thing for me. She
0: doesn't need to convince me. I'll use the AI (laughs) thing
1: instead of working with a marketing person. She doesn't need to convince you. So business owners out there, it's probably really good for you to listen to that. If you're like, oh, I'll just use the AI to do it. Well, you can, but if if you're an accountant and let's say you fit within the stereotype where you're great with numbers, not particularly great with creative stuff, you're probably going to have a really crappily written blog. If you just use AI that you are inputting and trying to do, that's why working with people like yourself, people like Stephanie, people like others out there, gets you the results back that you want. You might be leveraging the AI, but you know how to leverage it well to deliver back what it is that the Get Client actually needs.
0: Exactly. It's why I don't do my own zero. Like, yeah, I could use zero to manage my whole business. And I'm pretty sure I did that using some app called Harvest for like six months and in a spreadsheet. And I was like, this is a disaster. I need an account. <laughs> yeah, bail. <laughs> so, Excellent. yeah. I think the robots are not totally taking your job if you're a marketer and if you're a business owner, have the conversation with your marketing team, your content team about how you can use technology to create some leverage, to increase the scale of output if that's possible.
1: Totally. Like I, I think I think, you know, as a business owner, I sit there and I go, cool, all right, so there's AI and I might fiddle around with a little bit here and there and use a bit, but I'm probably gonna trust someone who's an expert in the space, but also if I'm planning on spending a thousand dollars on marketing activities, I'm not going to not spend it and use AI and see what happens. I'm probably going to go well. If I keep spending it and I can leverage it with the other stuff, what more can I get as a result? Totally. Can I get more blog posts? Can I get more, um, you know, more SEO? Can I get more, um, you know, video content? Will I get more leads? Will I have well, do? Do you get more quality? You know, more like better quality stuff. Yeah. You know,
0: if a person's not having to sit down and write that whole article end to end and think of every single part of it, they can leverage AI to kind of speed up 20% of the process, mm-hmm. then that means that they've got more time to really take it to the next level and make the piece of content that you're sharing outstanding.
1: So does it make it cheaper though? So like like if from your prices, mm-hmm. as someone who's charging, you know, say me to deliver marketing services, mm-hmm. if I know you're using AI to do half the job, uh, now yes, I should be caring about the output, so... Two levels. One, oh, you're just using AI to do it, so I should only be paying half the price. Or second level, you're using AI, which means you're delivering twice the product.
0: So either I'm getting
1: more and paying paying the same or I'm getting the same and paying less.
0: I think on some level it's a – marketers will probably see it as an opportunity to claw back some margin because we're in an industry that is
1: – Yeah, she's tight.
0: Tight. She's it's tight. so tight. Mm. And there the, the is usually – particularly if you're, um, your customer is a small business market – you're spending a lot of your time educating your clients um, or your managers, whoever um, mm. you're working with. So this kind of actually gives you a little bit of leverage to better provide um, a client relationship service, to better dig into the strategy and the innovative kind of stuff. So in some, in some cases you might see the, the volume of output increase. In other cases you may see the quality of the output Increase. So So really what it sounds
1: like to me is that um, it's kind of a bit of a win-win. Yeah. The price is relatively going to stay the same. Mm -hmm. The quality will hopefully come back better, but the input required by the person providing it will be a little bit less. So everyone kind of wins. I'm paying the same amount of money, but I get something better. You're receiving the same amount of money, but you're spending less time on it. Win-win, right?
0: Possibly, yeah. You might end up spending the same amount of time on it. It's just that you're going to be... We're
1: clawing back margin, mate.
0: (laughs) We're trying to... um how did you find it when zero disrupted? did you feel like that reduced prices or did prices kind of stay the same and it gave your time your team more capacity to deliver quality service?
1: So I mean my, my, my introduction in that space you know was 10 odd years ago so I just started my business and I was yeah. like sweet we want to be on the road or we don't want to tight end anywhere so for us I didn't look at it as like oh I can deliver things cheaper or whatever I was just like this can allow me to do it the way that I want to do it yeah as opposed to restrict and chain me to a desk. Yeah. So initially there was that point. Now there were a lot of people out there that um, played like the pricing game and you will see it. Oh, they discount heavily. Well, what I say discount heavily. They price low based mm. on a bunch of other reasons but what you'd found with them is they were not – Truly appreciating the service that they were delivering, mm. they were just looking at it as a transaction. Are you ask for this? I give you this. As opposed to you ask for this, is that really what you want? Mm. Exactly what does the outcome look like for you? And they didn't have that conversation, the understanding to be able to deliver the outcome that the client wanted. Much like in your space too. Absolutely. So we definitely saw that as um, elements of that. We did also see it as elements of you know if we can bring the automation and smarts in place, um, it will enable us to deliver more for our clients mm. potentially at a similar price range. to depending on what that more looks like. But we have also found that over time that it can overcomplicate a process.
0: Yeah, Because all of a sudden
1: you need to have not just people who are good accountants but people who understand technology who are good accountants. Much like with marketing, you guys understand that, but like you'll need to have experts in that AI space. How do we actually utilise this? Oh, the thing's broken. I, I typed the stuff in. I didn't get back what I want. All right, you have to go back into the settings and change all the ratty, ratty, ratty then be able to get back out what you want. The knowledge uptick was um, there for the businesses. Are able to do it faster. In my industry, they got a really, really quick early advantage. Mm-hmm. And I know back in the day when we, you know, we were partnering with Zero, and we're still are a Zero Platinum partner, and we only work with Zero actually in the, the accounting space like that. Yeah. We would have clients walk in our door because they saw a zero sticker on the door and went, oh, I want that one because my one doesn't do zero. Mm. I wonder if there will be things like that that will continue to happen in your space as well where it's like, oh, cool, I want to be working with people who understand and utilise this really well Mm. and if my person doesn't, I'm going to find someone who does.
0: Yeah, totally. I think your point on like transactional work versus quality work that's really customised to the need of the business is a big one as well. Like if you – you know, if you're an accountant or you're a small business owner going, do you know what, content's really transactional for me, I'm just going to go write me a blog about accounting things you need to know this year and you put that into AI, you'll get the same blog as everybody else that put that in as well. Yeah. So you will get a blog but you won't get something unique. That it's like paying for the marketing
1: firms that specialise in accounting and you realise there's a 100 of them getting the same blog. And you're like, oh, cool! Like it's yeah, it's only a hundred bucks a month, but like the 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 breadth of content is not very wide. I'm getting the same thing or very similar thing. So uh, it looks like I have the same thought. As everybody.
0: Exactly. And people
1: then go, ah, I see what you're doing here. It's like using stock images and all those kind of things. And and, and I know for for us, you know, branding, identity, marketing has been a big part of like uh, how we feel comfortable and happy about our business, but also how other people feel comfortable and happy about working with us. Mm -hmm. And it's because our content is all original, original Mm -hmm. thought, original image, original design. Um, Whilst we will take and be inspired by others, we'll deliver it in our own way. And I think you'll continue to see that with, you know, the content writing with AI coming through is people will eventually go, oh, I feel like I've seen that paragraph like a dozen times already yep. now. So so content writers, you're, you're safe for now, um, provided you can understand how to use the AI well and hopefully it'll help you deliver better services, right? That's it. Right on. Cheers, mate.
0: Bang.